On episode 7 of El Presidente, we have Charlie Lawson, the National Director for BNI. Tune in, listen. There are some absolute wonderful sound bites on here from Charlie. It's been a pleasure to interview him. Roll the credits. Welcome to episode 7 of the El Presidente podcast. I am Dave Kelly. Director Consultant in the BNI Manchester region. I'm joined today by Chris Grimes. Chris, do you want to say hello? Morning, everybody. Well, not even morning. Might be morning in your world. Don't know afternoon. So Chris is a Director Consultant and a President in the BNI Manchester region. And we are also very excited to be joined by Charlie Lawson, who is the National Director for BNI in the UK and Ireland. So Charlie, would you like to say hello? You're far too kind to say you're very excited, but it's great to be here. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. I'm glad that came across that I genuinely meant it as well. <laughs> so, Charlie, we're joined, as they were joined by Charlie today, National Director. Charlie, do you want to just briefly describe how you got involved with BNI and how you hold such a senior position in the organisation now? Um, I'd love to, yeah. I, I mean, like many people, I joined BNI because my arm was twisted in a certain way and uh, I came along to a chapter. Uh, I think that's the, the short version. Uh, the longer, more accurate version is I was I had a family connection to BNI. Uh, my parents uh, were involved in BNI. Uh, they brought BNI to the UK in the first place. Um, and I'll be honest, when they first did that, it was about the time I was off being a student. Um, I wanted nothing to do with it and I tried to distance myself as much as I possibly could. I'm going to, just being totally honest with you, um, you know, there's the sort of thing that you, f- you feel that you need to forge your own way in life and not just yeah, do what your mum and dad do and, you know, do, do, do your own thing. And I thought at that time that it would be really sensible, and no offence to anyone who does what I'm about to say, I thought IT was where I needed to be. And I soon realised that, just for me, just for me, no, don't disrespect to anyone, IT wasn't my thing. And I went into a corporate job, uh, did a couple of other jobs as well. Um, I was on a graduate scheme that nah, just wasn't me, honestly. And my mum and dad could see that I was looking for a way out of what I was doing. This is some time now after 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 college. Um, and as I say, they twisted my arm to come to a chapter. Uh, and I actually came in. I've never been a member of BNI. I, I came into BNI as a franchisee. Uh, they offered me the chance to buy a franchise. They didn't give me one. Let's be very clear. They, they made me pay for it, um, which is definitely the right thing to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I came in as a franchisee. And at that point, I guess I came in because... It was a good business opportunity. It was a great thing to do with my life. It looked like something that would, you know, you know, help help, help me have a, have a good life, start a family, all those sort of kind of things. That the, the stage I was at at that point, I now do it. Yeah, I mean, it is a good business and it works well for the, from that point of view. But I actually do it because of what we actually create. You know, we genuinely. Um, make a difference to people, uh, you see people who get the chance to do stuff that they would never otherwise have done, maybe it's grow a business, maybe just be better at speaking publicly, mm-hmm. maybe move on and do something else, play golf all their life, do whatever it is they do, BNI helps create you know, life, life, uh, lifelong tran- uh, transformations in people and that's, that's why I love what I do now. So we on the episodes of El Presidente often talk about stories that individual members have experienced and how BNI has changed their lives, changed their business. You must hear stories daily from across the region, even across the world, of amazing stories. Are there any in particular stories that you can you can think of where an individual person or individual community has been? There's one where with one one guy I must share this, and it's quite a funny one because it's you know 
we, we're a business organisation. We help people get business. We help people grow their business, but it's nothing to do with that. Um, I came into it. It was at a BNI chapter uh, one morning. It was a Tuesday morning. And I remember it was one of those very clear, crisp uh, winter days. You know, when it was just... Be- beautiful days. Yeah, just really clear. Beautiful sunshine. Anyway, that's by the by, just to happen to remember that. Um, and I was chatting to this guy in the open networking. And he had this massive smile. You could just tell he was he was really happy with life. I said, what's going on? You know, t- t- tell me why you're so happy. It turned out he's... Uh, daughter had got married on the Saturday, the weekend just passed. I said, oh, cool, nice one, congratulations. And But he, he said, ever since his daughter had told him she was, uh, in fact, no, it wasn't when she got, got engaged, it was ever since he'd had his daughter, i.e. 30 years previously, when, whenever, whenever she was born, he'd been nervous as hell that one day he would have to do a father of the bride speech. He just, you know, just thought, this is I, I want to do it. I, you know, I'm, the I'm scariest not, thing in the world. I'm, I'm going to have to do it at some point, but I just don't want to do it. Anyway, it came around. His well, his daughter obviously got engaged, and we had to prepare for it. And got got to it, and it came to it. And I asked him how it went. He said, "You know what? I just thought of it a bit like my chapter meeting. Okay, I didn't deliver my normal weekly presentation. Yes, for a specific interruption. He, he didn't do that. <laughs> but you know, he just treated it in the same way, and just sort of, you know." This is what I do every week. And he was able to deliver a lovely, um, you know, talk about his daughter and on, on a wonderful day, obviously, for, for, for them and their family. And he just, he just said, that's what I got out of being. I just, I, I just love the fact that I was able to do that, having been scared of doing that literally her whole life. Uh, and I just thought, that's just one of those small things that you come across. We hear stories like that the whole time. It's just, it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's funny because that's one of the things I always tell, I don't know if, you, if you, people have listened to it in previous podcasts, but... I didn't actually join BNI to get more money. I joined BNI to be a better public speaker because yeah. I knew by being a better public speaker and being more visible that I would naturally get more business anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, that's that's one of the reasons why I joined. And we, in, in the previous couple of podcasts, we did one um, about don't show me the money, and it was about everything that BNI gives everything you else. other than money. Yeah. It's like fringe benefits of being associated exactly. with with BNI. Um, so within BNI, there were core values. Mm. Do you have anything to do with the core values in terms of creating them, or do you have a favourite core value? I wouldn't say I created values? them because they were they were you know part of the organisation organisational history. Take givers gain. I mean that's our, our key core value mm. that's been around since day one, and that's always been been there. So but, for those that don't know anything about BNI, the the values come from the, the global organisation that is BNI, and we adopt them. They in the started UK. A, 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 as, as a global as a global thing, but to be honest, they're just. Well, the way we live our lives, obviously, that's the point of core values. They have changed. There were originally five. There are now seven, uh, yeah. two or three years ago. A couple of other ones were added. Uh, so recognition and accountability weren't originally part of the core values, but we thought, or the organization thought, that they were key things for the organization to be thinking about members to get a success from it. We need to recognize each other. We need to hold each other accountable. So they were, they were added into the list. Um, it's a good question. Which is my favorite? I, I think all of them are important, honestly. Yeah. Is most prevalent to your your story, your background in BNI? Would it be the lifelong learning? I, I don't know. I, I think lifelong learning is crucial. I, I, I say I think all of them are. I, I think I'm going to pick two of them that I, I quite. If, if you, I say I quite like. That makes it sound like I don't really like them. <laughs> I like them perhaps just a touch more than the other ones, if that makes sense. Um, I love traditions plus innovation. Because I just think that's a paradox in it. In it, it you know, traditions, i.e., things that we've always done and been successful over time. Innovation, 
that's just new stuff that we're going to come up with and it's going to be fresh and new. So that is just a paradox in itself. How, how you put The fact that those two in particular have been put into one core value, I really like that, the way, the way that works. And it's important because it helps us keep alive the traditions and the things that really make us successful and bringing in innovation that moves the business, the business forward. And I think the best example, I mean, it's not no longer an innovation. It's been around for ages now. But I'll give it a good example of how this practically works. Once upon a time, we didn't have the thank you for the business system. It wasn't, wasn't part of the system. It was about 10, 11 years, 2008, 2009, somewhere really? around there. That's when thank you for the business became, a, became part of the system. And it became part of the system because, well, we're an entrepreneurial culture. And people thought, well, wouldn't it be good to actually track the business that we do? And when you think about it now, it's, it's, it's like, a no-brainer. Why, why wouldn't you have done? Yeah. But that was an innovation, if you like. It's, I guess it's now a tradition, and there's other new things that come in innovation. So that's that's my. I, I like that as a core value because it's just paradoxical, if you like. And I, and I agree with you on the on the traditional um, traditional innovation thing. And it's sometimes one of the things from a messaging point of view, I don't think we get across as well because I think sometimes people criticise us for the traditional values of, of, mm. of the organisation but actually once you get in within BNI you realise that's what really does drive the and it's the, understanding the, why we do the things yeah. not, it's not what the thing is it's why we do it and that's 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 where the, where, where the, where the understanding and the, the belief in it comes from yeah. and obviously now in terms of innovations there's lots of new new, new stuff massive BNIU yeah. is a, a good example just a, a system we, we a couple of years ago it was only a figment of our imagination and now there's an, a resource where you can go on and take courses listen to podcasts do all sorts of uh, um, training and, and, and lifelong learning yeah. picking on another core value that, uh, that will help help people move forward yeah it's interesting you say that again from previous podcasts and anybody that's done any training with with me or Chris we'll often talk about the benefits rather than the features mm. and I think where some people go wrong is to look at a feature associated with BNI without necessarily seeing the huge benefits it, yeah, that, yeah. Um, which is obviously massive within BNI. But I did um, say there were two core values, and I must pick on the other one that I, I, I quite like, the ones I, I thought sort of think are a bit... No, I just think it, it stands out for me, and I, I'm going to pick accountability as the other one, because okay. I don't think anything works without accountability. Exactly. And it's probably the one that, being honest, I'm weakest on. It's the one I've got most work to do on, in, just personally, in, t in terms of my personal development and, and being better at what I do, holding people to account, um, you know... BNI is a great place. You'll probably make a good bunch of friends and uh, you'll get some business. But if you don't have the accountability, you'll just get a bunch of friends and you won't get any business. And I think that's an important part to, to, to remember. Accountability is key. Yeah, when we're launching new chapters in and, uh, in and around Manchester, we often speak when we're presenting in the information meetings about random networking events that you go along to and you get chatting to a few people and often you'll come away and think, I could do some great work with that person. I've had a really good conversation and nothing ever comes of it because you've got no accountability. Mm. Whereas BNI is a massive, massive benefit of being associated with a BNI chapter is that you are accountable to each of your members. So when somebody says they're going to do something, they will do it for you rather than wasting lots and lots of time with people that are wasting your time and nothing's yeah. ever coming it's of it. It's the empty promises thing, I think, when you come away from a... I love your business cards. I showed them today. But for the people who can't visualise the business cards, Charlie has on his. I'm uh, holding it now. He's holding it now. That, so there you go. Yeah, it can, can, can you see it? it? And when you open the business card, it's got a picture of Charlie, so you remember his face, not that you could forget it. Um, and he's got five networking tips, but also. He's grown um, the beard out a little bit since the photo was taken. <laughs> I think he could get some new ones and make it a bit more authentic. <laughs> 
But on the back, it says how we met and what is next, which I think is more important. Is when you give that person the business card, it makes them accountable automatically to get back in contact with you. And uh, me and Dave are going to copy these business cards, by the way. Copy away. Feel so, free. So just to to go back to to you, Charlie, you have um, your you're known as the unnatural networker. That's right. Do you want yeah. to tell us a little bit about that and the book that you've you've written? Yeah, absolutely, with pleasure. And. I'll, I'll finish this by coming back to accountability, actually, because uh, that's, that's an important part of how, how it, it all fits together with BNI. So the unnatural networker, what's all that about? Basically, um, yeah, whisper it, don't really like networking. Um, but it's, let's put that in some context. What I mean by that is, I know I'm good at networking. I know I can do it. I've been trained to do it. I've had 15 years worth of experience from, network, uh, from BNI showing me how to network effectively. So I know I can do it effectively. But given the choice... If I have to go and meet a bunch of new people and build relationships with them, or hang out with my mates, hang out with my mates every time. It, yeah, it's it, it really is. It's there's, there's just no, there's no contest there. Um, and yeah, it, it begs the question. So I'm an unnatural networker, and yet I run um, the UK's largest referral and networking organisation. How, how does how does that kind of work? Well, it's interesting because what I do is I train businesses, uh, obviously within BNI and outside BNI, um, on how to network more effectively. But I do it from the point of view of someone who'd rather not be networking at all. And my experience has shown me every time I do a talk to anyone uh, um, around networking, I always ask, who's an unnatural networker? And it's just a straw poll. And across every talk I've ever done, so this is the last number of years, I don't know how many hundreds, thousands of people that would, would, would include. It's got to be two-thirds to three-quarters of the room will say, look, I'm an unnatural networker. I feel a bit shy. I feel a bit introverted. I feel a bit worried. You know, that thought of going into that room, people, they all, they all look like they know what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. But the fact is, five minutes before, when they walked in, they didn't know, well, well they didn't know what they were so doing. So true. It's just, that's just, it's, a, it's, it's just the way we are as people. Now, there are some people, I call them, natural networkers or weird no, no, <laughs> um, no there are some people who just are very comfortable networking and it comes really from a scale of introversion versus extroversion and I'm not talking about extreme ends of that, that spectrum but somewhere in between some people are a bit more comfortable in other people's company they'd be the more natural networkers a bit more extroverted and some people are just a bit more comfortable in their own company I'm definitely one of those uh, and people see me on stage and think well I don't believe it but on stage that's fine I'm just talking to people it's when it's just Going up to a stranger and having a coffee and and, and chatting to them—that's that's the bit I find uh, uncomfortable. It's really funny because you know one of our um, training exercises that we run on, on the course is taking people out outside their comfort zones, and, and the exercise that we give them is to go and speak to strangers in the streets and ask them questions. Because okay, scared, I might. Yeah, can, can we? We're not doing that. No, no, no. We're not going to make you do it. <laughs> but it really, really helps build the confidence. So when they go out and they do it, the first time it's horrible, the second time it gets a little bit easier, then it's, we'll, we'll like challenge them, right, you need to go and ask someone in the supermarket for this or, or for this, and then get try and get into a conversation. And it's really funny, the stories that people come back with and they're like, oh, it, it works. Well, yeah, people will talk to they, you. They are people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, at the end of the day, that, that's what it is. But it... I think a lot of people believe you have to be the extrovert to go and network. And yeah. I remember uh, this was back before I was in BNI. I did a, a tempering job when I was trying to do IT uh, and f failing miserably most of the time. But I, I happened to have a, a job within a, a company. It was in, in London. You can take exams in wines and spirits. So if you work in bars, hotels, uh, restaurants, and so on, you, you can take e exams. So you, you can be you know sommeliers who are serving wine and, and you know having knowledge. Of them. Anyway, I happened to be doing IT for this organisation. 
and I had a colleague in this uh, this place um, called Nicola, and Nicola was what I perceived to be the perfect networker. Whenever we went to a networking function, it might have helped them. Everyone knew her. Exactly. And there was also wine around, so that made, made it easy. Perhaps I had something to do it. But she would literally go around and shake hands with everyone. And I think, how do you do that? I just, I just I couldn't get my head around how you did that. And I thought, I comforted myself thinking, well, there's no way she'll remember it. But the next day when we were chatting, oh, did you meet so-so? Did you meet so-so? And they were connected. And she just knew every, and she just had this connection. And yeah. I just thought, God, you've got to do that to be a networker. I've got no chance. But the fact is, as a intro- slightly more introverted person, what I tend to do, you know, when I get into a conversation, look, it's fine. It's just chatting to someone. They're yeah, a human yeah. being. And what I tend to do is, at that point, carry on that conversation a bit more because going and talking to the next person, that's where it gets scary again. But what I do by spending a bit more time with them is build a slightly deeper relationship. And when you think that's what networking is about, it's just building relationships. Nicola was perhaps doing talking to more people at a slightly higher level. I'm talking to fewer people at a slightly deeper, slightly deeper level, it's just a different way of doing networking. That's all it is. There's no right or wrong. It's just... It's finding a way that's comfortable for you. Exactly. That works. Exactly. Okay, um, so if we take it take it back to, to B&I, where yeah. we are now at the moment with B&I, last 12 months, £527 million worth of closed business. Yeah. That has been thanked, which again, another podcast, we've discussed how that figure can't be correct. It must be a hell of a lot more than that. But Yeah, I'm sure it's a very conservative estimate, definitely. Yeah. Um, over 12,000 members in the UK. Um, in terms of what BNI is doing to help members right now, are there any innovations or challenges that BNI in the UK see that we are we are experiencing? And what is it that, that BNI nationally are doing to help with those challenges? Well, I'm going to take take the bigger picture, talking about the business community generally and how BNI can learn from that. And I go back to the point about unnatural networkers. I think that there in the big wide world, there's so many unnatural networkers that won't even consider going to networking. Forget whether it's BNI or anywhere else. They just see it as a swear word, don't they? In, in, in essence. Yeah, maybe maybe it's because they're a bit shy and just a bit nervous about it. But maybe it's also because they've had a bad experience in networking. They went somewhere and they were hard sold to, and it was just someone handing out business cards and you know all that sort of, all that sort of thing. So I think. BNI's role, we develop people and businesses to change lives in rich communities. I think there's so many people out there in the big wide world that we're just not even getting close to yet. I mean, when I go to, to chapters, um, I don't get to chapters every every week, but when I do, I always chat to boosters and I'll say, are you enjoying it so far? Have you, have you, and particularly I'll always ask, had you heard of BNI before? And I would say eight out of ten times, people go, no, this is brilliant. Well, you know why, what? why have I never heard well, of this? But as BNI members, as BNI members, we have the perception that every single person has heard about BNI, and I and I'm I'm like you. I, I, I promise ask, you, eighty yeah. percent of them. I mean, it's a, that's a straw. It might be seventy-five, but it's it's a big number of people yeah. just haven't got a. It, it's interesting when you talk about being an unnatural networker. It's funny when we talk to members and say, often I'll toy with members in a group and just ask the question, "Who here's a salesperson?" Only a few people put their hand up, but they're all in BNI to generate more business for themselves or for their business. And un, it's almost like the unnatural salesperson. They've got to learn a way to to make BNI work for them. And I suppose that's where our roles as DCs are to help support individual people, to help them to to be the best person they can be um, within BNI. And um, so it's a good shout out, Mike. Next book, unnatural salesperson. I'm, I've just paid to so follow up. It, well, in yeah, fact, we've, we've fact, nicked it. No, in fact, I'm, I'm, I can say it's not. Wouldn't be the next. The, the next one is already underway. It's, it's the unnatural promoter. The, uh, talking about being self, being comfortable self-promoting. Right. Um, it almost sits as a sequel. Uh, sorry, a prequel to the unnatural networker because the, the point of the unnatural promoter is like, well, 
if you don't feel comfortable to do it, get someone else to do it. Go network it. And if you want to find out how to do that, we'll be on Natural Network. You said, you said something interesting this morning in our, in our regional meeting about reaching out to the wider business community. And you asked for a, a particular introduction to Deloitte, didn't you, this morning? Yeah. Why, why was that? Well, my role within uh, BNI in the UK is to be the public face. There's two of us as national directors, um, myself and the lesser spotted Tim. Uh, he's around, he's a real person. But he's, if you like, he... he His business cards aren't as good, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, well, he makes the business work, honestly. So when you think, you know, in, in BNI terms, we're thinking, you know, your, your, your BNI Connect, uh, your Palms Reports, your Traffic Lights, all, all the... the, the Technical stuff that makes the business work. That's uh, that's uh, that's Tim's special. You do the fun stuff. He does the. Well, he would say that he does the fun stuff. He, he loves a spreadsheet. And, right, okay. and yeah, I, I, I can't stand yeah, spreadsheet. Let's yeah, not yeah. talk about spreadsheets. Um, so yeah, my role in the organisation is to be the public face. And that means going and, and talking, speaking, whether in in BNI and outside BNI. And my my goal is to position BNI alongside organisations that you wouldn't honestly find as BNI members. You know, I asked for Deloitte, for example, big professional services um, accountancy firm. Um, you know, I'm not looking for them to come and join BNI, but I think if BNI, if Deloitte were aware of BNI members generally, obviously it's, it's going to be the general population rather than, uh, rather than necessarily specifics, it's got to be a good thing for BNI members. Um, and it, it doesn't, I mean, I'll pick a professional service. It could be, you know, Virgin, Coca-Cola, you know, companies like that. Yeah, I think a they've got a lot, a lot to learn about doing um, business through relationship and understanding how to do networking yeah. effectively. But also the benefits to being like that—that's what I, I'd love to love just to go and talk to them, have that yeah, go high and level, go, high level. Go, go and show them how to how to do business by relationship. It's something we you know we we do it in chapters because that's that's every the, week. That, I think that's again the biggest point that people miss about about being a is. Everything is about relationships, and if you strip back absolutely everything, all the training we give, and we take the BNI badge away from it, in essence, it is building relationships that's training. All, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah, I remember speaking with one of the senior people within Action Coach, who are big supporters of BNI, and mm. lots of their franchisees are members of of BNI across the world. And the synergy between the two businesses was phenomenal. I'm sure yeah. I don't, without knowing the exact figures of Action Coach, I think they're in seventy odd countries. Um, the yeah, they're, they're a similar sort, similar sort of organisation doing yeah. slightly different things. It would be almost like BNI's power team. Yeah, know, um, Action Coach would be a would be a power team member for BNI. In that yeah, sense, yeah, having been involved in a big corporate previously and known about BNI at the time when I had gone along to a BNI chapter and told somebody who was my line manager at the time about it and what the opportunity opportunity potentially was, the feedback I got was because there's so many salespeople within the organisation, it wasn't feasible for me to be allowed to go along because it would mean they'd have to do the same for everybody else which is a really short-sighted view because if you think it's a benefit to one person surely especially if you're yeah, a if it works for one why wouldn't you should yeah. be looking to put your 500 yeah. sales you know your, your sales people out into it and there are organizations that do that i mean franchise businesses is one obvious one if it works for one franchisee it's, it would stand to reason yeah travel councillors and one. ones yeah uh, and there's there's various organizations that that do have you might call it a bulk buy. It's not a bulk buy, but they're just putting members in lots of chapters. And love to, uh, you know, keep keep building relationships with organisations like that because uh, we we want to help them get more from it. Yeah. Is it a particular person at Deloitte you want to speak to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. When it comes to being specific, you have to start somewhere. And I've gone on LinkedIn and searched who I think it is. The, the guy's name I've come up with, and 
this may be the wrong person, but it's the starting point. Uh, a guy called Dan Fernandez, who's listed on LinkedIn at least as the head of sales enablement at Deloitte. Uh, like I say, though, and that's a great place to start. Yeah, it, you have to start somewhere. We're, we're there, basically. Great. Okay. Um, so moving on, sort of slightly away from that, we spoke earlier about uh, retention within BNI. Um, mm. We we talk within chapters and at regional level about the support that we as DCs and also other members give to to other members and we've got something really new exciting um, release within BNI which is the BNI Passport yeah that's coming out relatively yeah soon. right now got it's to, uh, it's uh, great to share a little bit about that and what's going to do to help members yeah absolutely um, it's it's a scheme that's uh, designed to help uh, get new members up to speed quickly and get them engaged in their chapters and I think one of the challenges we've had with mentoring in the past is when you think mentoring becomes a bit like one-on-one -on -one training with a with a, for a new member they're appointed a mentor, and that person's there to, to give them some training. There's a couple of challenges there, though. What if, let's just, for example, you know, we're, we're trying to educate the, the new member on the value of one-to-ones just as a, as a concept. What if the mentor doesn't get a lot of business from one-to-ones, for example? And what might their messaging be to that new member? They're like, well, don't bother with one-to-ones. You, you want to come do this or whatever, whatever this is. So, one, we don't know what that message is. And... Connected to that, I think uh, the training that we need to give members, obviously new members, we obviously don't just let people go at it. That's delivered through things like MSP and the skills workshops that we have. So it's we're better off not concentrating on training in the mentoring process. Much better to, to concentrate on engagement, getting new members engaged in their chapters, and bringing it back to one to ones. As a, a, a just use that example for a reason, I think most members would probably agree that. To really be successful in BNI, doing a regular one to at least one one to one a week would be a good starting point to, 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 to build the relationships necessary to, to make BNI work. And quick enough. Exactly, and quick enough, yeah. So, what we wanted to do is just get people in the habit of doing one to ones. So, the passport program works by appointing each uh, new member 10 people to have a one to one with in the first 10 weeks. You are a game for gamification. For sure. Uh, in that process. Gamifying, yeah. Yeah, gamifying that process. Which actually, I really love. And I think it's becoming more and more prevalent in the B two B marketplace. It's really than important because it, it, people, well, everyone loves to complete what they, you know, their task. And it, I mean, it's called a passport because it, it looks like a physical proper passport, like you travel with. And when you do your one to ones, you get the, the, the each of the ten members to sign it and say, "Yeah, you're done." And when you've got your ten signatures, you've completed it. You've gamified it if you like, but you've done the you've done what uh, what you need to do, and then you, you've gone through the passport. And program. I think it'd be really interesting when we start to use this, which in the next week or so, the direct correlation, I'd love to track the direct correlation with the new members that do all of the, the stuff on the passport to how successful the well, exactly. or retention and, and rates. and let, Let's get back to the why of doing it. Like we said, it's not about training people, it's about engaging them. And if you could have 10 one-to-ones with 10 people in your first 10 weeks in a chapter, what's that going to do? That creates 10 relationships within the chapter that hopefully leads to referrals. I can't promise it does at that stage yet. I mean, it might be the starting point of a relationship, but it's engaging with 10 people around the chapter. So suddenly the new member, three months in, you know, when they've just gone through the passport program, they're looking around the table, and there's at least 10 people that they know, they've started to get to, uh, to understand like and hopefully like a bit, and hopefully some referrals are starting to come. It also gets them in the habit of carrying on with the ones-to-ones. That's, that's kind of what, what we, we think will happen. Is there some stats to show that the number of one-to-ones and how quickly they are carried out relates to how successful somebody is in BNI or whether they renew for a second year? I know with the MSP, it's really important that the Member Success Programme training is attended by new members within a, a relatively short space of time. 
I'm assuming so that they don't fall into any bad habits. They get um, to know. There, there certainly are stats on that. Unfortunately, you are definitely talking to the wrong national director on this. This okay. is where Tim would just be just like, let me just like, get blah, blah, blah. The, let's get the spreadsheet out. And show, no, don't. we'll get we'll get Tim <laughs> on at the national conference. We'll get an abacus out. No, no, there, there are there are stats that prove that, and we've also seen in terms of uh, what you know before you know going back in time before the passports uh, arrived, how many one to ones people were typically doing in their first uh, ten weeks of membership. And the average is about three one-to-ones. Wow. So there are some, but not that's the average. So if we can get people, you know, okay, maybe not every new member is going to do 10, but if they do seven, eight, nine, well, that's going to be better than doing three, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, know that having, or currently, we're not doing well enough on, on retention. We've got to do better on that. It's getting members to get BNI's. BNI UKs, it's, in it, to be honest, in every chapter, region, country, and uh, across the whole world. Biggest challenge is getting members to get BNI quickly, and we think this is a key part of it. What was really interesting, actually, when we were talking about retention earlier, was that you said one of the the, the biggest values that you could look at was the whether or not a new member had sponsored a member, yeah, and that normally related to them renewing within BNI. And generally, if they're renewing with BNI, it's probably because it's been successful for them. So. At some point, that's yeah. Got to be really this is this is some research that BNI Globally is doing, and it, it's it's pretty new still. So I, I, I'm giving that as a, a taster. There's there's a whole bunch of things. What they they've looked at what uh, members who do renew tend to have done. You know, in terms of their palms report. You know, the referrals given, received, all that lot uh, attended, all, all all things come on the palms, and also what people who have dropped tend to have done. And one of the clearest things that we we've seen is whether if members have sponsored a member in. It just means that you know I'm now sat in my weekly chapter meeting, and there's someone around the table that I feel a little bit accountable for because I brought them into the. It group. comes about that about accountability again, and I, yeah. I spoke to. Um, a, a, a direct consultant in India was very, very successful in launching massive, massive chapters. And I said, what was the biggest tip that you can give me going back to the UK for launching new chapters? And his biggest thing was in his chapter, they had a pin badge where, and obviously we're going to get them today part of Gold Club, about sponsoring a member. And they all committed to every single member in their chapter in sponsoring one member. And they got a badge to say, I've achieved that. I've actually sponsored one member and their retention rate I think was something like 82% that year because of that so a massive massive jump. Yeah no it can make, make a big difference and it, it's worth just saying when you when we talk retention rates think what your retention rate is um, you know you can look at the overall retention rate but it actually differs by year of membership we have a much lower retention rate for a first year member it goes up for a second year member up again for a third you know once you're at five year members the retention rate is very high brilliant but the problem is we're not getting enough people through year one, two, three, four, to get to year five, if you like. So, yeah, that's that's one thing we, we're, we're working on uh, as an organisation. Great. There's, there's one thing, to, I suppose, just, just to close. We could talk all day. I really appreciate you coming on today, Charlie. Pleasure. Um, a saying that I heard not long ago, which stuck with me, was that you can achieve anything that you want in life. All you need to do is help enough people achieve what they want in life. And I think within BNI, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that if you give and you, you help others to achieve their goals, whether it's in BNI and outside of BNI, they will reciprocate and try to help you. And if we're talking about sponsoring new members, if you sponsor a new member coming in and you help them to be successful in their BNI journey, you're the person that they're going to want to thank and the first person they're probably going to want to try to reciprocate with business or, or with support. So it's, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in BNI. Um, I always say to, to members, you know, it's a give us gain is the philosophy. But not actually, it's give us give. Yeah. Keep giving, keep giving, keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. At some point, someone's going to turn around and say, well, how can I help you? Yeah. But if you give without expectation, that's when BNI starts to work. 
Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Charlie. So, in closing, if we could ask you for one top tip that you would share of all the tips that you could offer to any member within BNI to ensure that they were successful and achieved their goals, what would it be? Um, I probably should have just not started. Save, save the givers, give one. Keep going, keep giving, keep giving. Uh, but I've given that one, so we've got to, we've got to do another one. Um, what's the top? I've put you on the spot. It's I a do tough apologize. question because there's so, there's so much you can do, obviously. Yeah. And if we look at just I, new members coming in then, you would say, importantly, yeah. grow the relationships quickly, have lots of one-to-ones in a short space I think, of time. I think my challenge to any, any BNI member, new or you know, long-standing, is do you go to BNI or do you use BNI? If you go to BNI, or you just go to the weekly meeting, you kind of go through the motions, but you do your weekly presentation, you stand up and you're going to give your referrals out, maybe do a one-to-one here or there, maybe do a little bit of InvisTrimmer. Is that really going to work for you? I think what the key is, do you use BNI as an income-generating strategy? Every part of BNI, whether it's turning up early to build relationships with people, hanging around afterwards, doing a good weekly presentation, doing your one-to-ones, inviting visitors, sponsoring members, finding referrals for each other, whatever, all of them are income-generating strategies. And if you think of it like that, you use BNI rather than go to BNI. I think that's probably the uh, biggest tip I'd give. Mic drop. That's brilliant. Thanks. Thanks very much for I don't that want challenge. To drop your we, mic. It's very expensive looking. Yeah. We, we, we might get you to close every single meeting. Like I know. We've got a few extra ones. We've got a few extra ones. Definitely. So thanks for thanks a lot, Chris, too, for being on today's podcast. No problem. And we will hopefully speak to everybody soon. Thanks a lot. See you later. Cheers.